What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, we have two bits of good news and a whole lot of bad news to talk about in this one today. So let's just get started with the bad. A brutal 7 to nothing ass-whooping against Boston after a 5-2 to two loss against the lowly Philadelphia Flyers on Friday. In Sunday's game, Patrice Bergeron scores 15 seconds into the game as the Sabres' goalie woes continue. UPL started in this one and stopped 18 to 25 shots and dropped to 0-3-2 in his last five. The Sabres' Taylor now are 2-7-2 in their last 11 and sit 11th place in the Eastern Conference. There were a lot of questionable lineup decisions going into this one and really throughout these past few games here. Mainly after the addition of Jordan Greenway in Sunday's game, Tyson Jost and JJ Paterka ended up sitting during this one and Greenway ended up getting an early look on the top line with Tage Thompson yet again. And I got to tell you, Taylor, in just about every single game that he has played for the Sabres this year, Greenway has looked useless. Yeah, they're really trying to make this work. And I won't call the move a failure until we get like a, you know, maybe an offseason in a training camp for Granado to work with him. But I don't love the way this has gone at all. I think you can look at the eye test. You can look at his lack of production from traditional stats. And you can even look at the uh, the more advanced stats, like expected goals for on the ice, all that shit. Like, it, he just has not been good. And they're really trying to make it work any way possible. Putting him on the top line today is a great example. Like, But I don't know if you agree, but it, it seemed to me he was actively dragging Tage down with mm-hmm. them. With he looks slow, he doesn't. The thing is with him is what you want out of him is you don't want you don't need him to be like he's not like a power forward type that's going to score twenty goals and hit whatever. What you want is him to be solid in his own zone, and he's not. Right, he's all over the place. I think that's a problem. Maybe that's something you could figure out in the long term. But you know, you kind of were still a little bit in the playoff race before this weekend. And I think you can't just you very Turk- much were. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. They were in it, so this was like their last gasp. And the fact that they're like, well, no, we need to make this random uh, like fourth liner we traded for at the deadline. We need to make that work so we can sit Jost, who's been solid the whole time. He's been solid all year. Paterka right. is someone that can sit, in my opinion. He's young, so he's still learning. He hasn't been like so good that he couldn't possibly sit. But, yeah, that's it's such a waste to me that you need Greenway to be in the lineup. Like if you're trying to ice your 12 best guys, Jost is in there. No doubt about it to me. So that was that's very annoying to me. And I'd like to also point out now, in our last 63 minutes against Boston, 64 minutes of ice time, that they've given up, what is it now, 12 goals? They've been on score 12 to 1, is it? So I don't love that, if I'm going to be honest. It's um, bad. It's bad. Yeah. And you mentioned UPL there. there. Oh, it's sorry. Good. What were you going to say? I was going to say, let's take it a, a step further here. According to ESPN, Boston is 19-1-1 in its past 21 meetings against the Sabres and 9-0-1 in the past 10 since the 6-4 loss at Buffalo on April 23rd, 2021. I didn't know it was that bad. The Bruins have now the Sabres by a combined 14-1 in their past two outings. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, and almost all those goals are at the end of the last game. So, yeesh. Yeah, it's that's brutal. That's way worse than I would have thought. And the thing is the Bruins have been consistently good, but they haven't been like they have been this year, this year, they're the best team in the league and going one, Oh, and three, or sorry, one, one, three, and Oh, I always forget how the NHL does that. Having one win and three losses to them is not that bad. 
this year specifically, but you can, 19 one and one against us in that time span. That is embarrassing. That's ridiculous. Last year, they were kind of really uh, not all that great in the first half of the season. They were good, but like they weren't like world beaters, I wouldn't say. And they were fourth in the division last year. Like, doesn't like they've been Tampa or something. That That is just so embarrassing. And that's way worse than I would have thought. And granted, the Sabres had a year in there where they were the worst team in the league, but that was a 56 game season. So, that, that, to seeing that, that's embarrassing. And they're a team that, they're a longtime rival. They've had way more success than us this, well, in general, I guess you would say. <laughs> they've had way more success than us in general. Uh, they make the playoffs pretty much every year. Uh, you, you can go look at their hockey reference page sometime. The Bruins always make the playoffs. It, like they had a stretch one time that was like 30 years. So if you hear some bozo like Bill Simmons being like, I had to give up on the Bruins. I just didn't care about winning enough or whatever. You can tell them to go to hell. Anyone like that. The Bruins are con- consistently successful. Yeah, they, they've had a lot of problems in the playoffs and whatever. Like they've only won one cup in the last 50 years and they've lost like six of them. But like they're always there still. Back to this point, that's ridiculous. And despite the fact that they're the best team in the league, there's no excuse for losing 14 to one. And in my opinion, honestly, I can't even put the blame on UPL. He's been terrible. Oh, I can put some of the blame on him. Obviously, he was he was terrible today. But he scored one goal in two games. And and I know they have better goaltending than you. Swayman, even though there's their backup, is better than every Sabres goalie, noticeably, considerably better. He would be a huge upgrade immediately. But I wanted to just to, to understand now that I've said that, you know, the offense was not good enough. I'm 100 percent there. I also mean that for Friday night against Philadelphia. I mean, it two weeks ago against Columbus, kind of against the Islanders. A little bit. It was the offense has kind of slowed down at a bad time. But with the goaltending, I just want to throw out some stats from our friend Chad Dominicus of Expected Buffalo. He tweeted this out right after the game today. In all situations, the Sabres are on the season. They have the fourth worst Goals saved above expected, which is, you know, just basically goaltending in general. They have the fourth worst goaltending. Since January 1st, they have the worst. And Jesus. since March 1st, it's been – they've been the worst by far, which has been really crunch time. And he's he's right, I think, when he says this is why they won't make the playoffs um, because that – that you, you literally – you cannot win with that level of goaltending. It's terrible. But I think it's also fair to say we have to be a little bit – disappointed with the the offense that's not a long-term concern like they don't have to switch everything up but the offense and some of the best players have not stepped up at, at this uh to put to pull them out of this extended funk they've been in absolutely not i mean and that that extends to pretty much the entirety of the high-end guys and he's been f- fantastic all year don't get me wrong but definitely tage that falls into that Darlene falls into that a bit in terms of just like that taking over the game kind of ability that he has that he was really exuding a lot earlier in the year. And it just, just such a major missed opportunity here. You know, it's like, we've been talking about, of course, the long-term prospects of this team absolutely are still in a very good place. Next year is going to be very exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun, but doesn't change the fact that you had a real opportunity going into this really coming out of the new year, how strong, you know, they've been streaky all year, but they were in striking distance. And it's just a shame to me that you look at the Columbus game, you know, some of the, the, the one goal losses we talked about last episode, you, you lose to the flyers in a game that you just have to win. You get, just romped by Boston. And and again, Boston is amazing, but it's just, it's really unfortunate. And let's be clear. Like, I'm not saying, you know, that's anything 
on something that didn't happen at the deadline, for example, you know, with the goaltending being such a, you know, just pretty much just completely tanking the team, if we're being completely honest and their prospects of being able to make it into the postseason. But again, there was a lot of, there was a lot of risk though coming into this season with this being your strategy in net. I mean, Anderson, his raw numbers have been, you know, solid relative to the other two, but he obviously, we all, we've talked about it all season with him not being able to play as often as we need him to with how old he is and the load management there. Comrie has just been. (laughs) You could never have expected Comrie to be this bad. Right. Honestly. But you also couldn't have expected him though, to be able to handle the full-time load of a starter when he has never really done that before. You had one season of, quality backup numbers that you were going off of in terms of him being your one a or one b whatever but then again if if you want to call him the one b it's like so you were going in with a you know 42 year old or 41 year old craig anderson as your one a option going into this year and again i i understand that there weren't real playoff expectations at the start of the year but you had to know that some of these guys were gonna continue to progress and take a step and where the trajectory of the team was going that you know, even though they are in this place right now and they've been streaky, like we said before, like this is right about where I think a lot of people thought they were going to be. And so knowing what we know now, though, and with how the landscape of the East is, again, it just it it sucks from a fan perspective. It sucks because it just feels like this was their opportunity to be able to break this drought, to capitalize on this. And it sucks because it really does just come back to goaltending as to why they're not going to be able to get over the hump this year. But if we want to transition that though, into some of the good news that we have, does that sound good to you, Taylor? Let's do it. Devin Levi signed his entry level contract folks. We had said last episode that if Levi didn't sign by the weekend, we would start to get a little bit worried. And wouldn't you know, before the weekend, began Devin Levi signs actually I shouldn't say before it began but as the weekend got underway I sh- I should say instead when right? did he sign was it, it was Friday? Friday wasn't it yeah 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 so it was before 5 p.m it counts okay. so yeah I I didn't need to clarify that actually anyways <laughs> Devin Levi signs his entry-level contract with the Sabres Levi is the only player drafted outside the first round in 2020 in his draft class to receive max salary signing bonus and close to potential a performance bonuses him of course being a seventh round pick in that draft this is an unprecedented contract for a seventh round pick and for a goalie but it goes without saying though that levi is absolutely worth it our team at the charging buffalo our wonderful network that we love being a part of had shared devin levi's stats over his last two ncaa seasons just to give you some numbers of how great and yes great he has been at Northeastern third best in the NCAA and save percentage 942 since 2000, since the year 2000, he is the third best save percentage in college hockey, seven time hockey East goalie of the week, seven time hockey East player of the week, two time hockey East goalie of the year. He was a Hobie Baker finalist last year. He was the collegiate rookie of the year last year. He was this year's hockey East player of the year. He had 16 shutouts in 66 games. That's 24% <laughs> of his games he had a shutout. And this is like late 90s hashic stuff. It's 
absurd. It is absolutely absurd. And boy, oh boy, did the Sabres need to get this done. And it is absolutely great that they did. Levi, as we all know, is really the the key in net for this team in the future. They have all of their chips pushed into his corner, and rightfully so with how good he has been. And boy, oh boy, they need to get him signed. We had been saying, you know, there's been reports really since over the summer that at the conclusion of this year, he was going to sign with the Sabres. That, of course, ended up coming to fruition. And the road now, he's with the team for the rest of the year. It remains to be seen if he's going to get games. That could be a real possibility at this point now that the Sabres are seemingly slipping out of this playoff race. And I think the other side of that, too, is it really can't be much worse than what they're getting out of their goalies right now. So what is the worst that can happen? You are already going to burn a year of his ELC with him being up. Why not put him in there and see what you can do? The Sabres are a team that even though, like we talked about, yes, they are slumping right now and they are having problems scoring. By and large, though, they are a team with a lot of talent and they can score. And so it's not like you're San Jose or you're Chicago and you're bringing him into the mix. Like the Sabres are a pretty middle of the pack team right now. And so I think that it would absolutely be worthwhile for Levi to get some time in that, maybe a couple of games here before the end of the year, perhaps on Tuesday at home that a couple of certain podcast members uh, will be in attendance of, particularly that game could be a, a good one for us to uh, get to get a little bit of a, a Devin Levi preview here. But again, though, it's huge that they were able to get this done. And at this stage of the game, there's a few things that we got to talk about here, Taylor. One, obviously, just what it means that he's going to be with the Sabres the rest of the way this year. What next year is going to look like for him is he going to be in Rochester? Most likely, yes, but we could get into that a little bit more. And what this also means then for the Sabres goaltending plan for 2023-2024. So let's start off, though, Taylor. What are your thoughts on Devin Levi signing his entry-level contract and getting this unprecedented deal? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so I think <laughs> when you have guys that make a leap as prospects, uh, especially as goalies, it's like you kind of wonder, like, eh, is there something up here? What's going on? Why all of a sudden are they uh, considered so much higher than they were before? I think with Levi, it's very simple. I think people were scared off by his height and it was kind of an un- not, that's not too unreasonable. There are not a lot of great under six foot goalies. And I think he's listed as like what? Five, 10, five, 11. I'm not, I'm not actually hundred percent sure, but I think he's listed as under six foot, isn't he? Sorry. I was on mute there. I will double check right now, but yes, he is under six. Yeah. Foot. So, I think that probably scared some people off. And then it's not just that, not that I would call him a late bloomer or anything, but it just, he's just been dynamite since like he, he, like all the other prospects lost a lot of time due to COVID, but look what happened coming out of that though. Like his world juniors was otherworldly when he would, which he was hurt during, by the way, he comes back, plays for Northeastern and he's been uh, insane for two years. He probably should have won the Hobie Baker last year. A hundred percent. Also he is six foot. Oh, is he really? Okay. So, okay. Six foot. Exactly. A lot of goalies these days. Um, GMs are Tim Murray was not alone. GMs are looking at bigger goalies six foot, like on the dot is a little bit short. So I think maybe that scares some people off. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, maybe that's it. It, but it's, it's, it's to me. Yeah. It's deserved. I think the Sabres, I was in the, of the mind to, you know, just do, do whatever, you know, you can to bring him in. It's, it's not like you're going to be breaking the bank. It's still a rookie salary. So good for him. He, he really has a lot to be proud of in these past two years because I, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school to say that that it was not a particularly uh, talented Northeastern team that he played for. Not a ton of NHL guys. I believe there's two on this current team. Uh, neither of them are, you know, 
the, the biggest blue chip prospects. So he really, uh, it's, it's exciting. And to kind of, I think you're going to ask this in a second. I do think he should be in Rochester next year. Yes. That was going to be my next question. I think it goes without saying, we talked about this last episode. Yeah. They, goalies need time. You don't just make the jump from playing college or at the junior level to just being able to be an NHL goalie. You need to adapt to the pro style. You need to just get acclimated to the speed of the game. Just know what it's like to be in that kind of day-to-day regimen too. Like it's very different, obviously from college, being able to work with the training staff and and your goalie coach. I mean, it's, it's huge to just be able to get insulated and really not feel as though you're rushing the process here because at the end of the day, obviously, yes, like, next year is crucial to the play for us to be in the playoffs flat out. Like that is the goal next year. You have to be a playoff team, but that also doesn't mean though that you have to rush Devin Levi and that he needs to be the guy that's going to get you there. So better to allow him to take the time that he needs to develop and properly season in Rochester, really be able to dominate down there and show that he's ready to take that next step rather than forcing him into a position that he may not be ready for. Because as we have seen with, I mean, goalies, we've seen it for sure, but especially with Sabres players being too early put into a position or into a role that you're not ready for, it could be detrimental for that player. And that's something that the Sabres need to be conscious of. And I think they will be conscious of that. What are your thoughts though, Taylor? I mean, how do you then approach next season and the upcoming off season then for the Sabres? So I, uh, like I said, you know, he should be in Rochester. Like I think what you, you, you go into thinking that right away. So if you have him and Subban in Rochester or frankly, if him and Comrie in Rochester, but I think we talked about this me when Comrie kind of gone, Anderson's going to retire. I think if you really want next year, you can try UPL as a last chance as a backup goalie, but yeah, you need to sign a goalie is the long and short of it. I don't know if a trade is going to be an option, but that's the way I want to handle it. Um, I don't really want to give any, I guess credence to the idea that he could be in the NHL next year. We talked about it last episode. He guys that are as good as him in college, even. And I, you said he had the third best save percentage since 2000. I'm pretty sure the two guys ahead of him are Ryan Miller and Connor Hellebuck. You are correct. Both those guys, multiple years in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Multiple. I know Hellebuck was more like a year and three quarters, but still, he wasn't a full time starter until two full years after he was done with his two years of college. So I, I think. Yeah, Levi's 100% there. And then from that point, I would honestly maybe just cut bait with Comrie. Like, this is – it was a total failure. You could try to pawn him off on somebody. Maybe you wave him. Maybe you loan him to another team like we talked about. Uh, from there, though, I haven't – I think we looked at it a little while ago, like what the free agent goalies look like. And, you know, in general, there's also going to be guys available via trade. It's not a – It's there's always guys available. There always is. You just yeah. have to get the right guy. You can't – don't make the Jack Campbell move. Make the Georgiev move. Or make the Darcy Kemper move. Though some of those, the Kemper one's more obvious, but like, yeah. make those kinds of moves. Don't do not do something like... Rash I mean, and I give did, an unproven goalie a bunch of term and a ton of money. When you yeah, an unproven a goalie who was like goalie. 30. He was like 30 years old. Right. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, when I, you already have Skinner there too. I mean, Skinner was showing last year that he was pretty close to being ready and you give out that contract to Campbell. Oh. Yeah, I'm starting to think Edmonton's not a well-run team. What? <laughs> yeah. You don't say. We can well, shut out um, the McDemon for uh, breaking the cap era points record. Yeah. Jesus. Good for you, Connor. Yeah, shout out, Connor. 
again. We were so close. Oh, hope you're happy, pal. Hope you're happy that our good pals Tage and Jack Hughes and Kirill Kaprizov will never win a heart trophy. I hope you're I hope you're happy with all your heart trophies, pal. We just have to rely on Rasmus now winning us a Norris. That could happen. That could yeah. happen next year. No question. 100%. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of back to what we were talking about. There's going to be guys available and you have to do that. There's like a 0% chance you can, you, you, it just, it, there's no way at all. And honestly, you cannot go in with a Comrie UPL one. And I think that there's maybe a silver lining to how badly the Sabres are going to miss the playoffs instead, not, not like by a ton, but how badly the stretches that's going to cause them to miss yeah. the playoffs. Maybe there's a silver lining to the goalies being so bad that you can't bring them back instead can of like I... missing the playoffs by one point And the guys are like eight ninety five. Can I ask you a question or can I pose a thought? No. Potentially, no. Okay. Well, everybody, this has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. No, I want to I want to pose a potential prom- like hopeful idea, I guess we could say. What do you think the odds are that none of the goalies are here next year? None of Anderson, UPL, and Comrie. Mm, I think you Le- not saying Levi's in one of those spots either. I'm saying that they get right. completely new goalies. They maybe they ship UPL out in a trade. Anderson retires, and you figure out something to do with Comrie. Worlds needs plenty of ditch diggers. Um, See? I that's a possibility, but I kind of feel like they're going to stick with UPL. I'm just saying, I, if I do imagine, I'm not. It's not even a bad idea. I don't know if it's something I want to rule out necessarily, and maybe again, like I said before, it's just wishful thinking, but. Yeah. How can you watch this stretch and just think that he's got a future on this team? I, I mean, well, he's I, not an Adams guy. No, he's not. He was from Botchel's first draft, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Yeah. That, I mean, they're going to have options. They would be able to go out and get a couple of goalies. Like you can. Yeah. Guys who are going to be available, but also like. You can rebuild your your goalie like not pipeline your your goalie tandem in one off season. No doubt, they did it a couple of years ago. Right, like success, well, but... successfully, I should say, with the the caveat there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could get a guy that's nine hundred five, another guy that's nine hundred, and that's good enough. You could make the playoffs with that if your scoring keeps up and the young guys get better. That shouldn't be impossible. You know, just. <laughs> You just there's there's guys out there you can trust. Uh, yeah. There's there's always there's always a Yarrow Halak type guy out there. So Some interesting names. We'll we'll talk about it more once we get maybe, a little bit closer. Yeah, maybe what they try to do is they try to get two goalies that they trust, and if they're able to get the second one, then they trade UPL. There'd be no rush yeah. on that, obviously. So maybe it's a it's an idea worth considering. There's no way in hell UPL has earned his way into an NHL roster next year. How you can no. maybe, you can maybe say, yeah, we'll get one more shot from him or whatever. Um, but that kind of brings me to my last goalie point. The last point I want to make about the goalies is I wouldn't play Anderson until the last home game of the season. And then I would, you know, give him a send off. Right. That's a good call. I like that idea at this point. I mean, what do you really have to lose? Yeah. I mean, we didn't really say it up top, but I think they're done. We said that we said last episode if they lost to Philly, it's not even worth talking about the playoffs anymore, and that's I think even more fair now after this Boston game. Yeah, the Philly game was embarrassing too, by the way. So bad. I'm similar to Dallas. I just I really don't want to talk about it that much. What is it gonna? What are we gonna get out of talking about that? It's it's the same. We already talked about one Philly embarrassment like two months ago. Right. Pass. It's just more of the same with them. Yeah, it's no, it's it's time. annoying too because it's like two two franchises we have a ton of history with. 
you know, Philly and Boston. We've played both of them in the playoffs a billion times. They lost to Boston a lot in the late 80s and early 90s. They lost to Philly a few times in the 90s. They beat Philly yep. in 2001 or whatever that was, and 06. Mm-hmm. But they've also lost to Philly more than they beat him in the playoffs. And the same can be said about Boston. Probably Sabres fans too. Sabres fans older than us. They're two least favorite teams, I would say. Toronto's right there, but we have like no playoff history with them. And I don't even want to mention that team from Raleigh. Yeah. People our age, you know, in, in, in our general age range have have feelings about them. A deep hatred. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I saw earlier someone make a point like Rob Brindamore should 100% be in the Hall of Fame. And my knee-jerk reaction was like, go to hell, no, he shouldn't. And you know, he probably should be, honestly. Yeah. He's a two-time Selkie winner with more than 1,000 points. And I think he was a captain of a Stanley Cup team, or maybe yep. Stahl was a captain. He was just around. No, but, I think he was the captain at that point still. So he almost certainly should be in the Hall of Fame, but also like, go to hell, I don't care. Not my problem. Well said. Um, so do you want to hear from our sponsors real quick? We should. We because, else? Well, then we can get to the other piece of good news, which is we're going to, when we get to the Thin Man ad, we will share what the categories are going to be at tonight's, as you are listening, Monday night at Thin Man Trivia Night. We will reveal the categories momentarily, but first a word from DraftKings. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway. And the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook app. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all odds boost, sorry, all tournament long. So be sure to check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. So this is the time when I'm supposed to talk about like matchups and whatnot. Um, here's the thing, Brendan. What is going on? A 15 and a 16 and uh, still around. I, we're, we're recording Sunday night, so we don't know if Fairleigh Dickinson's going to win tonight or not. But I, it was so weird to me. I walked into Essex on Friday night and saw the last like 30 seconds of Fairleigh Dickinson beating Purdue. And it's like, wait, what the hell? That's a 16-1. Look, the second time in the history of the tournament. It, I feel like it was just like, well, it happened once, whatever. Didn't a lot happened, of people so. though not have a ton of confidence in Purdue going into this tournament? Yeah, I think that's really interesting, honestly. They were a one. And I, I think with the ones in general, people don't seem that confident in anyone except Alabama, which is interesting. Definitely. Um, but yeah, look, I, so we're recording right now. Fairly Dickinson is losing, so they will probably be out by the time people hear this. But anyway, the matchups are set for Thursday, pretty much. Or, or you know what? Actually, no, they're not. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. We've got Michigan State, Kansas State on Thursday. we got some Friday ones. Interesting. Yeah. San Diego State, Alabama. Here's the thing. I'd love if Alabama lost. So... They're going to win. So you want to bet on Alabama. They're awful human of a coach and their player who, you know, just bought someone a gun. The, the most, uh, the most credulous uh, man on earth. Just, just bringing my teammate a gun in case he needs it for, I don't, I don't know. That didn't think beyond that, I guess. For reasons. Yeah. So bad things happen in the world. So you can expect Alabama to win on Friday. Uh, if that's what you want to bet on, you know, go right ahead. If you, if you like money, that might work anyway. Download the Draft sorry Jesus. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with promo code THPN. Right now, new new customers can bet five dollars on any pregame money line bet and get hundred fifty dollars in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. So, and then our second sponsor is obviously Thin Man Brewery with two convenient locations on Elmwood and Chandler Street. Uh 
I was there. I just had uh, some of their new beers uh, this weekend. And you know what, folks? You got to check it out. You got to check out what they're doing. And before we get to the main thing we're going to talk about, uh, I would like to say that they dropped a beer this weekend called Funsies, which is a fruited sour ale. 7% blueberry and blackberry sour. And according to Thin Man, it's tart, refreshing, and a whole lot of fun. You know, just based Ooh. on the name, you can get it right there. Uh, so it's available at both uh, Elmwood and Chandler. So if you want to check that out, if you're into fruited sours, they've been doing more fruited sours lately. And uh, the people seem to really like them. So if you're if you're a, a sour person or a fruity person, get in there. Now, Brendan, you want to tell them uh, th- the main event, though? The main event, folks, as we had mentioned before, on Monday night, Taylor and I will be hosting part two well round two of buffalo sports trivia at thin man upstairs as we talked about on our last couple of episodes some really exciting new additions this time around thin man opened up the arcade room on the second floor there for additional seating as we had a nice little packed house for round one of buffalo sports trivia so very exciting you can call thin man right now Get a table reserved. You could be in either room. Call, make that reservation now. Have your spot. We already know there's going to be, uh, I think, a lot of the the teams who had participated last time are going to be coming back. We're also going to be welcoming some new teams into the mix, so it's going to be really great. Prizes again for the winners. And, Taylor, should we reveal the categories now so people can get a little bit of uh, early research in? Yeah, go right ahead. All right, so... Same as last time, we are going to have one seven categories total. One combined category that Taylor and I are going to come up with together, and then three that we are each going to come up with ourselves. Our combined category we are going to do, last time around, we did non-Bills and Sabres. This time around, the combined category is sports movies. So, yes, sir. Very exciting stuff. Now, for the categories, Taylor, would you like to reveal yours? Yep, mine will be Bills Records. Sabres captains and Bills free agents. And mine are going to be 05 to 07 Sabres, drought quarterbacks, and non-North American Sabres. So mm-hmm. we got a nice mix of categories. We're switching it up a little bit, but it's still going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be a great time. Come try all of the great beers that they have there, the great new and improved menu. Very, very excited to get over there and get some of their food in addition to obviously hosting trivia. But it's going to be a really great time, folks. We would love to have you come out and hang out. It's We had so much fun last time around. This time we know is going to be just as, if not even more fun. So come be a part of it. We would love for you to join us. Again, Monday, Thin Man Elmwood, be there, 8 o'clock. Get there a little bit early and get your spot reserved, or you could call ahead and get a reservation. So hopefully we will see you there. Absolutely, folks. Thin Man Brewery. Thin Man Brewery. Taylor, do you have any other thoughts you'd like to share? Um, damn, I don't know. Do I have anything? I have something, actually. Oh, yeah? So I'm about to defeat you in fantasy hockey and will be clinching first place in the regular season ahead of the playoffs, which start on Monday. So I just want to say thank you for that, Taylor. I really appreciate it. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) We love it folks. My team really uh, pooped the bed late. I was, I think eight and nine. I had won like six of seven weeks or something like that. I was, I was doing really well for a little bit and then yeah, lost a couple close ones these past few weeks and it has not been good. Hey, next year is going to be an incredible bounce back. Comeback player of the year next year. Yeah, we'll see. Comeback owner of the year, I should say. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, you know, high-scoring day today in the NHL. This mm-hmm. is 
I don't want to ruin anything, but there is also a seven nothing game going on right now between the Rangers and the Predators. Oof. Uh, and we have a seven two Golden Knights win earlier today. So a lot of pucks sit in the back of the net today. So maybe it's not just the Sabres that are getting killed. I think that the Predators should really look inward after such an embarrassing loss and trade the Sabres UC Saros. Your thoughts? God, yes. <laughs> Please do that. You can have our first. Have our next two firsts. Wow. Yeah. Shit, it's okay. worth it. A young, young, uh, strapping lad like UC. I'm into it. We love UC, folks. We really do. Do you have any recommendations you'd like to share? Well, you know what? I'd like to officially recommend Scream because I saw Scream again, and I'd say, folks, it's a good time. A good time was had by all, except for the people in the movie that died. <laughs> Go on. Would you like to elaborate further? Yeah. I mean, people in the movie, the Scream movie, so some of them die, some of the characters, and they probably didn't love that for themselves. That, that is fair. It does not sound like an enjoyable time. I heard, I've heard really good things about it, actually. Jenna Ortega kicks ass, huh? We love Jenna Ortega, folks. Then there's, by the way, friend of the podcast, Ben Matthewson, spreading a nasty rumor that Ghostface, Ghostface says, hey, I'm walking here. That's not true. The stereotype, it's offensive. Are we sure? <laughs> Pretty sure. You know what? I, I would like say, I though. A bootleg clip. Yeah, you know, that might be actually Jason Takes Manhattan. Jason. Uh, <laughs> Jason says, hey, freaking Gabagoo, the Mets, baby. And then he kills a bunch of people. I love that scene. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know what is weird about the scene? This seems inauthentic. That is clearly Vancouver. This isn't Manhattan. Mm. Classic problem. Major over here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know what Manhattan looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. All right, I'm going to go with a song from mine. Not anything new, but I believe this was on an uh, might have been NHL 04, I want to say, but a jam nonetheless, believe by the band The Bravery, alt rock song. Nice. You've definitely heard it before if you've played either Madden or NHL throughout the 2000s. It's one of those songs. So, EA Sports soundtrack core, but yeah, good jam. All right, Taylor, anything nice. else you'd like to share before we sign off for the day? Shout out to Canisius Hockey. They made the tournament. So Amazing. Yeah, good for them. Good for them. Shout out Canisius, 100%. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode. Make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows. And on social media, follow the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can also find us, Straight Up Sabres. And again, wherever you're listening to this episode, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, whatever it may be, make sure you are following or subscribe to Straight Up Sabres and you leave us a nice little rating or a review. We would very, very much appreciate it. Last but not least, make sure you're checking out both of the sponsors of this podcast. First, DraftKings. Use that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. And Thin Man Brewery. Join us on Monday night, again, 8 o'clock at Thin Man Elmwood for Buffalo Sports Trivia. We cannot wait. It's going to be a great time. We'll recap that along with the next slate of games for the Sabres, which I believe is only one, if I'm not mistaken, before our Absolutely. next episode, right? Only Tuesday. So yep. we'll be back with yep. a brand new episode on Thursday, everybody. So have a great start to your week. This has been Straight Up Sabres. <laughs>